0: Welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of February 5th, 2024. I'm your host, Paul Baiocchi, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And this is one of those weeks that is somewhat confusing. And the reason I say that is because you look up and the S&P 500 is up 1.38% for the week, bringing the year-to-date gain to 3.96%. You've got 850 or so million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup, which is good. And you might say, well, why is that confusing? And the reason is, is because we had a Fed meeting in the middle of the week. And not only did the Fed hold rates steady, which was expected, But it felt like Mr. Powell was talking down March rate cut odds. In fact, the market is now pricing in basically 20%, or maybe even less than a 20% chance of a March Fed rate cut. And it felt like at the end of the year, off of that October 27th bottom, the rally and the sectors that led the rally was attributable to the market starting to price in. The likelihood of Fed rate cuts. And the Fed also changed its dot plot to signal as many as three rate cuts in 2024. So you get a Fed meeting where we pause as expected, but you don't get any language in the press conference or in the meeting signaling to the chances of a rate cut in the near term, in the spring at least. And in theory, that would undermine this market, but it didn't. In fact, The other piece of data that we got at the end of the week where payrolls were so much better than expected, you're talking about a multi-sigma beat relative to what the market was expecting. The market was expecting 185,000 jobs and the print was 353,000 jobs. So hourly earnings up 0.55% which in theory is an inflationary signal, which in theory, again, signals that the Fed is going to have to continue to be very vigilant on the inflationary front, that inflation could be a problem for longer than expected, which would tie the Fed's hands as it relates to actually enacting some rate cuts. And yet, once again, mark it up and There were other economic data points, as we talked about. Case Shiller, weaker than expected, but still showing that prices are increasing. 5.4% was the latest print there. Consumer confidence, roughly in line. Now, ISM manufacturing was better than expected at 49.1, still slightly in contraction. That's the 15th straight month of contraction in that index, but it's trending in the right direction, as it were, and is knocking on the door of expansion, which is that 50 level. But again, I think the point here is that the Fed talking down the likelihood of a rate cut soon, the market's data points, specifically that payrolls number, undermining any need from a wage pressure perspective, from an economic vitality perspective to cut rates in the near term. And yet, the market rallies. And so, some of that points to the fact that the economy is very strong, as evidenced by that payrolls print. And therefore, the market should be strong, reflecting that. And earnings growth has in pockets been very strong. In fact, we got some earnings from some of the biggest companies in the market this week. Meta in XLC had an absolutely blowout quarter, was up double digits overnight on the back of that print. Amazon also had a a print that the market really liked. It was up overnight on the back of that. Flip side is is that Google or Alphabet, as it's now known, was down as the market didn't like its print as much. And Microsoft's print wasn't necessarily what the market wanted. So those are massive companies. And they're obviously very influential in the sectors where they operate. But We did get some positive earnings. We did get some, at least as perceived by the market, net negative earnings, even though the companies that saw their share prices fall actually beat in some cases, and yet here we are. So this was a week that had leadership, as you would expect, consumer discretionary up 3.29% for the week, best performing sector in the market, energy down 0.9% for the week. So the weakest sector for the week was energy. But anytime you have the worst performing sector in a given week, down just 90 basis points, that's reflective of a pretty strong market. In fact, XLK up just 24 basis points. Communication services on the back of, of course, Meta and the push-pull between it and Google's print up 2.65% this is a market that wants to go higher or at least has so far this year and year to date we're already up nearly 4%. so again the the point is coming into the year we talked a lot about how the most important economic dynamics were going to be a lot of the same economic dynamics that we focused on last year interest rate policy the level and trajectory of inflation employment economic activity and you could say those are always important economic dynamics but feels more acute in 2024 because the market coming into the year felt as if it were at the very least pumping itself up for rate cuts. And what we saw this week from an economic data perspective and from the Fed doesn't necessarily signal that we're going to get those rate cuts anytime soon. Now, from a flows perspective, 31 million shares redeemed across the select sector spider lineup. Over the rolling one-week period, and you saw 19 million shares redeemed out of XLU, or 1.1 billion or so in outflows for the week. That's a pretty dramatic figure for that sector. 10 million shares redeemed out of XLF, just around 400 million in net outflows. Eight of 11 sectors were out this week in terms of net creates, net redeems. And then on the flip side of creation activity, 2.2 million shares create an XLP or staple. So not a lot to sort of take from all of that other than utilities, which very poor year in twenty twenty three, a year in which a lot of people expected defensives to outperform and has started off 2024, basically on the same foot. And when you see that type of redemption activity in XLU, it could be that people are starting to rotate out of the defensive trade. Maybe they put on at the beginning of the year. Maybe there's some tax loss harvesting going on, or perhaps those are some people who are short, unwinding that short position, which is a nice segue into the sector in focus, which isn't a sector, but January in review. So January was a positive month for the market, up 1.6% on the SP 500. We saw an increase in assets across the select sector spider lineup to the tune of one and a half percent. We did see shares outstanding across the lineup up by 23 million or so. So, not a significant move in terms of net creation activity for the month, all told. But what's interesting is we did see a decline in short interest across the select sector spider lineup. And the reason I find that interesting is because we just got done talking about XLU and we saw a 17% decrease in short positions on XLU, or I should say short interest. And that was a change of about 5.9 million shares month over month. Now, we still have 28, 29 million shares net short against XLU at month end, which I think as a sector, again, that had such a poor year in 2023 isn't necessarily set up right now to have strong operating results, consensus, consensus earnings growth in 2024. So it is one of the sectors where you've got pretty significant short interest, partly because of that that weak relative performance. The other piece of the market that I thought was interesting is we did see a slight uptick in net shorts against technology, XLK, 23% increase. That's a big... Relative percentage move, but just 1.7 million shares increased in net short position. So, not a dramatic short position against XLK, but it was a pretty significant change. The other one we saw was a 27% decrease in net short position against consumer discretionary, which again was a fairly small share number 1.2 million or so shares that came off of that short position against consumer discretionary. So, Short interest isn't predictive. Short interest isn't instructive in terms of what's going to happen next month, next quarter, next week, whatever it might be. But it is instructive in terms of how people are positioning relative to longs, relative to the S&P 500. And that's the other piece of information I love looking at at month end is the makeup of sector spiders in terms of weightings to various sectors versus the S&P 500. And one of those structural overweights that remains intact in the select sector spider lineup versus the S&P 500 is XLE. Roughly 14% of select sector spider assets in energy, just 3.81% of the S&P 500 by weight at month end. That's a 256% overweight, if you want to call it that. The other one I like to look at is utilities, 2.2% of the S&P 500, 4.8%. Of the select sector spider lineup, that's 117 percent or so overweight position, and then healthcare is another one, 18 percent overweight relative to the market. That's a sector we've talked a lot about coming into 2024. Real estate is actually relative to the S and P 500 about nine percent underweight, and that's partly because XLRE didn't exist. When the Select Sector Spider lineup was created, there's other products in that market that have captured significant market share. But of course, given the announcement this week of the reduction in fees on the Select Sector Spider lineup and the position XLRE has in the marketplace, that is a place where you might see that relative weighting in the Select Sector Spider lineup versus the S&P 500 continue to inch up. So interesting month. Certainly not one of those months where you saw robust moves in individual sectors. Once again, the best performing sector for the month was communication services up 4.43%, but you add it up and the S&P 500 is up 1.6%, and you're stacking weeks, you're stacking months of positive returns in the S&P 500, which of course is good for capital allocators. Okay, looking ahead to next week on the economic data front, nowhere near as full a week as we had last week. So maybe take a breath, but we're going to get ISM services. We mentioned that manufacturing print trending in the right direction. Services has been an expansionary territory. We'll see what the trajectory of that expansion is, if it's trending up or trending down. Trade deficit figures always instructive in terms of economic data and global macroeconomic activity. And then We're actually going to hear from 10 different Fed governors and presidents this week. So all of them opining on Fed policy, being asked about Fed policy, and ultimately giving their own perspective on what is right, what the timing of a Fed pivot might be. And the market always loves to read the tea leaves on those various Fed governors and presidents as it relates to what they actually might be thinking when it comes to the next Fed meeting. Now. On the earnings front, we're, we've we got basically 100 companies from the S&P 500 on the nose reporting. And once again, choose your flavor. Air products and chemicals, one of the larger weightings in the XLB Air Materials reporting. McDonald's, for those of you who love your Big Macs, reporting this week. Lind, a company that is a massive weighting in the materials sector, will be reporting. And as we've talked about previously, one of those companies that's involved heavily in the hydrogen segment of the market. Eli Lilly, one of the largest weightings in healthcare, will be reporting this week. Of course, one of the companies that's actively engaged in this weight loss drug phenomenon. We'll also be hearing from Walt Disney, which isn't a large weighting in communication services, but is, of course, one of the bellwethers in the market. ConocoPhillips, 8% weighting in energy. That's a company that the market will be watching closely. Duke Energy, 8% weighting in XLU, again, another company that's influential in its own sector. And then you look at the other companies reporting, they're from a wide range of sectors with a wide range of weights that give us additional insight as to not only how the final quarter of 2023 went for these companies, but importantly and crucially, what they're guiding for as it relates to 2024, which of course is one of the big questions in terms of what's going to power this market that is trading relative to history on a cyclically adjusted basis or otherwise at elevated valuations. And is the market's valuation justified by earnings growth, not just in technology, not just in communication services, not just in consumer discretionary, but across the entire strata of sectors in the market. So, with that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me once again. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at Essence the Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Please visit sectorspiders.com for all things sectors. As always, catch you next time.